Yeah, so we were, uh, just, to, just to share, we were just at the Jesus Adventure Camp. We just came back from that. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to actually, we're going to show you uh, a couple pictures. You guys could go to the pictures on that. Um, oh, back. First John's a good book. You should definitely read it. That's it. There we are. There we are. There we are. No, we're gonna, but what we're going to do real quick is we're going to have, uh, in just a moment, I'm going to call the youth up, and I want, to, I want you guys to hear some of the testimonies of what we did. Yeah, Miss, Miss Amanda, come on up too. Because the, it was, you talk about, talk about a crazy experience. I'm not kidding you whenever I say that you were up, you were up by 7.30, and you did not go to bed till at least 1 o'clock every single night. <laughs> I never made it to bed by one o'clock. Did I, Heidi? Not once. Yeah, we used the threat of death in our room. It was, we are going to bed now. <laughs> no, but it was, I mean, it was such, it was such a powerful experience, such a great opportunity. I mean, every day the schedule was, we, we got up, we had breakfast. There was a little morning nugget that somebody shared about just kind of getting ready for the day. There was a little personal time that we had of reading the Bible, praying that all the teens did all together or kind of separate all in the same area. And then they headed out. They went to a morning chapel service. After chapel service, we got together for a little bit of like a, a small group discussion time that we threw them right into lunch. After lunch, they had all these team games where they divided everybody up on all these separate teams. They got to make a flag for their team. Then they had like these team competitions. After that, they gave them some free time to do whatever they wanted, which was... Some of them, there was a couple of them the first day, they just went to sleep, which was like, that was a good move, right? I mean, because like, the the schedule was crazy. So then they came back, they had dinner after dinner, they had chapel service. Now, let me just tell you about chapel service. Oh, yeah, they they threw some other things in there, but the chapel service started, like on on the paper, it was like, it starts at like 7.30. Let me just tell you, the sermon didn't start till like 9.15, Right? And then dismissal was, I mean, I think the last night was, <laughs> it was close to midnight. <laughs> so, and, then there was an act, and then there was an activity after the service. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, some of the, I mean, if you want to talk about just a couple of the... Yeah, absolutely. So some of the different types of services that, that they had was like question and answer. So the students could send in questions and then they broke up the girls and the boys because who knows that the questions that they have are different. Right, and you can get more real and deeper with those discussions. And so they broke up the boys and the girls from one another and went through Q and A. We had laying on of hands. So in one of them, we are in a chapel that has pews, and down the center, all the leaders are laying hands on each teen individually as they come and they're walking through, and they are just praying over each one of them, laying hands on them, and then up front. Pastor Ben and I, along with some other uh, pastors, were stood up front and then individually just prayed for a filling of God in their life. Um, and the Spirit of God moved during that time, speaking exactly what he wanted over each individual, um, because each individual matters to God. We're not collective in his mind. In his heart, we are each one, and he cares about each one of us individually. And so we did that. And then the evening services, oh my goodness, the power of God was strong. Um, there were kids delivered of things and freedom that, that occurred. Anything else you want to say on those services? Well, I mean, the presence of God. So there, there's something whenever you encounter the presence of God. So we had, we had one, um, one student with us from another, they're from another church, but we knew him. They came along with us. And at, the one particular service was so Man, the presence of God was so strong in it. And so afterwards, you know, I asked her, like, hey, well, hey, how was, how was service? Was it, what'd you think? It was like, oh, it was good. It was good. I go, well, would you, did you feel anything in it? And she just goes, like, kind of wagging her head. And, and I, I'm, like, putting it together. And, I, and, and I'm like, just kind of like that? And she goes, I go, you never felt anything like that before, have you? And she goes, no, I haven't, and gives me a big hug. <laughs> and I'm crying. I'm like, I know it's so good, you know, because it's amazing whenever, whenever your heart is there and your heart wants it and you want to come into the presence of God, there's so much that God can do. And sometimes God's presence is so wonderful, just overwhelms you. You don't know what else to do, but just cry or you just don't even know how to process it. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing to let your guard down to where the presence of God is there.
And later the same individual was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So it's good to know. Well, teens, do you guys want to come up and share? Yeah, so come on up. We want to, yeah, come on up. Let's give them a hand as they come on up. So we asked, we asked them to keep it as short as possible. And like, I was like, you know, 60 to 90 seconds. And some of them were like, I don't think it's possible. Like, I mean, did, were you at the same camp? I was like 90 seconds. What are you talking about? Like talking like a micro machine, man. Throw back to the 90s, guys. All right, so. Yeah, let's, let's scoot in. We get scoot in, scoot in, scoot in. So this is going to be good. So I just, I, I just asked them to share. Open your hearts up and just, man, this is, this is part of what you guys have been praying for. This is part of what you guys were all part of to, to let them encounter God like this. So go ahead, say your name, and then let us know what God did for you at the camp. All right. Hi, I'm Evan Hennis. I'm 16. Um, <laughs> That's good. They did a lot of classes for people all the time. Um, so, we had a lot of fun at Jack Camp. Um, we, had, we had a lot of fun at Jack Camp, okay. Uh, there was a shaving cream battle. We had a black light party with, like, highlighters, you know. Um, and uh, we had, like, team games, which I have a bone to pick with that, okay. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it was so fun to play against other teams and everything, but... Um, it all started in the beginning uh, with my team. What did God do for you in the services, Evan? <laughs> it won't take long, okay? Um, uh, I will get to that. It's very important, okay? Um, uh, so we got on to the green team, me and Brody. Majority of us, Warren was on a green team. We were lime. Um, uh, the bone I got to pick with it is like, we were the recycling team. That's how they, de- that's how they designed our flag. Oh, they all got to pick their own team names and come up with their own team chants. So he's a little bummed that like, we were the Holy Lobsters and he was the uh, recycling team. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was real bummed out. So many cool names. But on a serious note, um, so on a serious note, I wasn't really touched at Jack Camp as much as other people until like one night. Um, I think it was like Wednesday, like before baptism. Um, I got real into worship more than other nights. Uh, Heidi uh, was real into it. Brody was real into it. Warren was real into it. Um, uh, And, I don't know, something told me, like, it was really important that I told Ben how much he meant to me. He was, it's really important to me in my life. I would have done anything without him. I wouldn't have even gone. Um, And I thought it was really important that he knew that, right? Uh, So, but all I did was, after service, we uh, got out there. I said, I have to hug you. (laughs) And so we locked arms like this, and we walked to the baptism. And uh, I just said... uh, you mean a lot to me. And that's all I said. I'm not a real touchy-touchy-feely guy, you know. I'm a teenager. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you mean a lot to me. I love uh, you, man. I love it you. It great. God's got so many good things for you, Evan. Thanks, buddy. Man, that's awesome. And, you know, it's cool because whenever you get into the presence of God, sometimes what happens is God helps you realize, hey, there's some things that you aren't thinking are, is important in your life. That is really important. And that's, that's the beautiful thing is it's just a change in perspective of what God does, man. It's so good. All right, next up here. Uh, I'm Brody Hennis. I'm 14. Um, Yay! <laughs> I don't have a ton to talk about, but like, did not dress too well. That's what, I was you're, wishing you're that I had good, I heart Jesus shirt. That's good, that's good. We all need it. Um, but, like, with the service, it was really good. Like, you felt free to just, like, raise your arms yeah. up to the heavens. That's it, man. Um, and sometimes that's it. 
Yeah. Sometimes that's it, just feeling like I can actually let go and worship God and let go of your inhibitions and just enter into his presence. And you felt it, man, right? Yeah. Uh, anything else, man? Let, let, let's not discount the, having that experience in worship. Like, it's legit. I mean, there's some people that go to church for 50 years and they never experience the presence of God where they feel like they can lift their hands. And the Bible says it, lift your hands without wrath or doubting. It's scriptural, man. So that's, that's it, dude. Love you, man, so much. Let's give him a hand. <laughs> that's big stuff. That's big stuff, dude. Hi, my name is Warren. I'm 11 years old. Um, we did a lot of fun stuff at Jack Camp. One of my main... One of the funnest things that was fun to me was worship and archery. They had little foam arrows that you shot. If you caught it, it was two points. If you got someone, it was a point for your team, like the team games Evan was talking about. Yeah, and um, God was more real to me in worship than he ever was. Um, worship was the was really good. Um, one day, one um, one of the days they talked about being loved, and sometimes when I do something wrong, I don't always feel like I'm loved by God, and that really filled me up. That's good. We were talking about before. He knows that God loves him even whenever he messes up. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and in that archery game, I uh, I was playing it with the kids, and like in 15 seconds, I, I was playing against Amanda's team, and I was out. She's like, "You're out." I'm like, "Yeah, I got disqualified." And she goes, yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> Let's just clarify the rule breaker over here. There were no pranks going on until, until he started them. So. No, I, 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 no proof, no proof. Wasn't involved in any of that stuff. I may have told our team to steal all the team flags one day. But, you know, the team did that. You know, it was just a suggestion I gave. Nothing more. You know, that's all. That's all. Oh, let's, let's scoot over, scoot over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it cost us the entire week, but it was okay. We were last place. We got to say we stole everyone's plaques. It was good, it was good. All right. Hi, I'm Heidi. I'm 16. Yay! Um, so, yeah, the whole weekend track was really powerful for me. Um, I really, really liked the worship and the, mes- the messages as well. Um, one of the most powerful services was on Wednesday. Um, we, it was whenever we split up in between, in between the girls and the boys and we like talked about questions and stuff. And afterwards, um, uh, the ladies, they talked about like, the story about the alabaster like perfume and the, the lady laying down like herself at Jesus' feet. And we wrote down things on a note card that we were going to lay down and like not continue in our lives. And at that moment, I felt like really, like, like the Lord was like telling me some things I needed to like get rid of. And like I had problems before, like with like... I struggle with people pleasing a lot, and so around certain friends, I'm like really good and like Christian. Um, I seem like a great person. Then around others, I just like kind of mimic like what they do. And so I like had a problem with like gossiping and like negativity, like around certain people to like kind of fit in. Um, and so I wrote those things down on the note card, and then we put it in the alabaster box. And it was like it was really powerful, and there was music playing, and everyone was like crying, and it was it was really great. Um, and I felt like really like in tune with Jesus then, and then that, later that night, I got baptized. Um, because before, years and years ago, I got baptized. I was, I was really young. I was probably like nine years old, and I did it. Like, I knew what it meant, but nothing in my life changed after that. There was no like really strong like commitment to that. I did it because that's what you do, and all my friends were doing it, and I just, yeah, but um, it was like a rededication kind of thing, and it meant a lot more to me, and from now on, I'm like continuing to really try to please God instead of please people, and live for Him, and not for myself and other people. Um, and so, the next day, on Thursday morning, we, um, we had a service outside in the grass, um, and for, after the worship, for an hour, everyone sat in the grass, like spread apart, not talking to people in silence, just listening to the Holy Spirit and hearing what he had to tell us and praying. And that was really powerful to me. And so I was talking to God and I was saying how, like now I'm, I'm really devoted to being Christian. And I'm going to try to live my life for you. What do I do next? Like what are my next steps to be able to be bold, like with my friends and speak up when we're not, like if we're like gossiping or things. Because it's a really big issue because like teenagers basically communicate in gossip. <laughs> like it's a hard thing. <laughs> 
it's it's not good, but it's like how things go, and it's hard to like be bold and stand up for that. And so um, I was just like flipping through the Bible, and um, I felt like I should read Romans eight, and I didn't know why, but I did. And I came across um, those Romans eight five. Those who live according to the flesh think about things of the flesh, and those who live according to the spirit think about things of the spirit. And so I was like, okay, well that's great, but like, how do I live according to the spirit? But then I read the, next, the very next verse, and it is the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. And so like, I'm going forth, like, playing that out by like trying to speak life and speak peace into my circumstances and living. Like by the spirit of God, like that. So, yeah, I think that's it. That's awesome. That is awesome stuff. Hi guys, my name is Riley Kiefer. I went to this church like a while back, and um, so some of you might know me. My parents are Melody Kiefer and Ted Kiefer. Um, I went to Jack Camp in 2021 for the first time. And I was like, you know how like whenever you're younger, you don't really like remember things as well. So I was like 12 or 13 and I still like am affected from the things that happened back at that camp. So whenever um, I was going this year, I came like really expecting because like, you know, like whenever you get older, you like understand things more. So I was like expecting and it did not disappoint at all. So kind of. I know that you said you wanted to keep it short, but it might not be that short. Um, so I'm going to start with worship. I don't think I've ever been in, like, a place that had so much, like, freedom. Like, I've never been in a place where there were so many teenagers just, like, lifting their hands, just, like, praising God, crying, just, like, I always thought that's, like, an adult thing to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> so... It was, like, really freeing because I realized that, like, you don't have to be old to have a relationship with God. That's it. Yeah, don't, Like, my, um, my other pastor, my other church says this thing. There's no such thing as, like, a junior Holy Spirit. So, yeah. like, yeah. And then, so worship was really good. That's my favorite part of that whole camp. Like, I would stay there forever and just, like, do worship, like, all day long. It's so good. Um, the next thing I'll talk about... I got baptized this week. I, I also got baptized when I was little with Heidi, but um, for the same reason. It was like I knew like what baptism was, but I wasn't like really like doing it because like I knew. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I was. <laughs> it means more sometimes. It means it means more when you're older. Like I. I feel like my relationship with God has been kind of just because my parents are Christians, so I wanted to, like, make it my own. Yeah. So I got baptized, and me and Heidi, before we went to get baptized, we were, like, standing in line and, like, saying, like, all these things that we weren't going to, like, come back up with. Like, after we went in the water, it was going to be, like, gone. So we let go of a lot of stuff. Um, The speakers, like, I thought I was going to have a favorite speaker, but they all were so good in, like, very different ways. Like, um, I, don't, I, I, like, can't even, like, say everything that they said because it's just, like, a whole lot, and it was so good. Like, I have a whole notebook full of notes with everything, so, yeah, that was good. Um, my favorite, like, service was the thing that Heidi was talking about with the, like, the, yeah, the question and answer service. Um, there was people who were letting go of, like, some crazy things. And, like, I've had some crazy things happen to me, too. But, like, there was people getting, like, deliverance from, like, crazy stuff. Like, self-harm and, like, abuse from people. And, like, you know, deeper things than that. But there's children in here, so. <laughs> um, but whenever... I was writing stuff down on the paper. I've been really struggling with, um, like, jealousy of, like, other people because I don't know why, but, like, sometimes it makes me mad whenever people have, like, a better life than me or, like, I feel like they have better things or, like, a better family or better looks or, like, whatever. So I found myself, like, not liking people just because they were, like, had better 
like life or whatever. And it's just been something I've been really struggling with. And there was a lot of other things too, but that's a whole different story. Um, but basically you wrote it down on this piece of paper, then you walked down to the front and there was this box and you put it in the box and whenever you put it in the box, you're supposed to just like let it all go. And I have the scripture that they gave us in return. It's like anointed and oil and stuff. And it says, And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that she was reclining at the table of the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. And that's like the story of the... I don't know if any of you know that story, but it's a good story. Um... But yeah, it was just a really good week, and I can't wait for next year. <laughs> yeah, thank you all so much on this. Yeah, give him a hand, give him a hand. You guys could go back to your seat. <laughs> you know, and it's amazing. Sometimes it's, sometimes you, oh. He had one more thing he wanted to share. Um, my favorite preacher was Pastor Danny because of a lot of things. His life started really hard, but it turned to be out something really good. And his and um, I learned that prayer could actually be dangerous from because you can pray for stuff that you don't know that could actually change your life. Yeah. yeah. And be bad. That's great. Yeah. All right. So prayer is dangerous, and you have two opportunities this week, right? Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> No, but the time was incredible, and I want to give just a couple more testimonies. I know that anxiety is something that our culture really struggles with, especially since 2020. And there was um, two teenage girls that also came with our group that are not part of the church. And on the first morning, one of them was having an anxiety attack and could not participate in parts of the morning service because of it. And I set outside with her and prayed with her and prayed over her. And throughout the day, she got more confident, less anxious, uh, to the point where she was able to stay for the rest of the week and didn't experience any anxiety. So I just want to encourage you, if that's something that you deal with, know that, that God is with you and he has peace and allow his peace to rest on you and, and experience his deliverance in that area because he will help you. Uh, what else do we have to share? We're going to do, uh, do the video. But uh, it all comes down to, man, these teens were willing to come and encounter God. Like, I, I want to really hammer on what, Bro what <clears throat> Brody said. It just felt real. I was, it, it felt like I could just enter in and go there. And this is a church, that's what we want, that atmosphere. And that is such a powerful thing. You think, ah, that doesn't, no, that's, that is a big thing. So thank you all so much for your support, for your prayers. And we're just going to close it out real quick with showing you a quick uh, two-minute video of just kind of a recap of the whole camp. And then we'll finally give it back to Pastor Stephen Mamie. Sling and a stone, but the heart of a lion dared him to go to hear the sound of the cynical die out with the sound of the giant's fall. Oh.
So with the 10 minutes left in service, thank you, Pastor Steve Mamie. Oh, my gosh. That was great. And look, they're ready to go back. They're ready to go back. How many went to church camp when you were a kid? Not many. Yeah, not a whole lot. You're going to want to make sure your kids get there. Yeah. Or your grandkids get there. Yeah, make sure your kids, your grandkids get there because they they do get that freedom there that they're not trying to uh, impress people. They're they're not trying to uh, obey their parents. It just, when they're there, they open themselves up and allow God to really move in their lives. And this is really important. And you you should find that freedom in Christ everywhere you go. So... Let's open our, our hearts yeah. and let God be God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. yeah, that was that was money well worth it. You know. Well, are you ready for a double dose? It's eleven sixteen. Yo, we're gonna we'll go through these notes maybe rather quickly. We actually shortened the notes for today, so that's that's a good thing. Uh, but we are in the book of First John. We're going to sort of switch gears here, all right? Stick with us. Get your Bible out. If you don't have a Bible, I'd encourage you to raise your hand just so you could follow along. Most of the scriptures are up on the screen, but it's so important that we learn where these things are in our own Bible. Come on. Amen? Yes. Amen. 
So, Father, we thank you for this service. God, I thank you for the work that you've done in these kids' hearts this past week. There's nothing, Holy Spirit, like your presence and, and your wisdom and your direction and purpose coming alive yes. in a young person's heart. We thank you for everything good. I pray that they continue to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. The stranger's voice they do not follow, Lord. May their light, the path of their light or their life shine. God, we thank you for that. And we give you the rest of this service, Lord. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us from your word. Open up our eyes to see things that we don't know and understand about you. Draw us closer to you, mm-hmm. Lord, that we might walk in your goodness and, and show forth your glory to a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're in 1 John 3, 18. We're going to go to 18 to 24 today. You want to begin reading? Yeah, we're going to skip some of those first. But we're going to go to uh, verse 18, like Pastor Mamie says. My little children, let us not love in word and speech, but in action and truth. By this we know that we are of the truth and shall reassure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we will receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment. This is verse 23, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. Now the one who keeps his commandments remains in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he remains in us through the spirit whom he's given us. Yes. And so the, a main theme, just to sort of catch everybody up here on 1 John, a main theme of this book is about assurance. John mm-hmm. writes a lot in this book that we would have assurance of our salvation. So he's writing to the early church about this, that they would know deep in their heart, I know I have eternal life. Because there were heresies floating around in the church that were coming into the church that were beginning to lead people astray. You know, in that day, just like it is now, True. you know, people are searching and people are finding their own path. You hear a lot about this, like, how do I gain eternal life? I mean, just go on any social media site and start looking around, and you're going to find a lot of different ways people are going to say, this is how you find eternal life, from reincarnation to, you know, following Allah to, I mean, witchcraft. You can do any number of things. Alien contact. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. Link your brain up to, the, to AI. Yeah. I mean, this uh-huh. is, people are going for it. This is how you're going to find eternal life. And so the world is offering, even now, many doors that you can go through, any paths you can take. Because people will say, well, we're all going to the same spiritual eternity somewhere out there. We're all going to this universal eternity. But that's just really not true. It all sounds good. You know, it sounds really accepting. Mm-hmm. It sounds this, I use the word inclusive. It sounds so inclusive. It's a big buzzword these days. It's so diverse, yet we could all be included. Does it sound familiar? <laughs> it's your truth. I mean, the culture is really big on this, but it's not biblical. Right. If we are followers of Christ, we have to know that it's not biblical, and it's deceiving people. Jesus said, I'm the way. He said, I'm the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except how? Through him. Through him. Through him. So it is a narrow gate. Yes, it's narrow. You know, Jesus said, I'm the only door into eternal life. We want to go through Jesus to find eternal life. He said, I'm the good shepherd. So my sheep, which is what the Bible calls, you know, the church, we're like sheep. My sheep hear my voice. And the stranger's voice, they're not going to follow. And so it is exclusive, if you will. Like the path to find eternal life is exclusive. There's one way to it. But it is all-inclusive. Yes. Because Jesus said, whosoever will... Let him come. That anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will what? Be Be saved. saved. So it's not excluding anybody. We just come the way Jesus says to come. And so John writes in this book of 1 John some things about having accurate understanding of who the Son of God is and having assurance, okay, that we have eternal life through him. So if you're a believer in Christ, 
You know, when you read this book, you, you ask yourself, like, do you know with assurance, I asked you this morning, do you know with assurance that you have eternal life? This is important because some people think they do and they don't. That's it's right. not just because you think you have eternal life doesn't mean you're walking in the truth of what, how you've entered in through the door that Jesus talks about. Right. Like, what are the marks of a true follower of Christ? This is important in the day we live in. And at times, you know, this can become a question for us. Some of us have give, given our life to Christ. Many of us in this room have said, well, I've given my life to Christ. But our heart sometimes will want to condemn us and say, you're not really a follower. Like, and make us wonder, if I'm really a true Christian, like, do I really know God? Yeah. Have you ever wondered that? Anybody? Nobody, you know, I everybody think feels secure in here. That's all. <laughs> there's a sense of condemnation that comes on every believer because we come to a place where we don't love our brothers and sisters as we ought. Uh, we we don't walk after accepting Christ sinless, you know. And we have we have an enemy out there that wants to lay this all upon us. Uh, we have to fight this guilty conscience. It's, it's 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 important for us to judge these thoughts the right way. Because it can take you off into a path that leads to nowhere. We need to continually have this assurance, this confidence before God. And this, this confidence and this assurance, because it will affect your faith. It'll affect your faith. Because you won't have the confidence to go before God. You won't have the steadiness to say, yes, I am a born-again believer, And it'll destroy the hope that you have. It'll destroy your faith. Faith, hope, Bible hope, is, is an expectation of good things to come. And that hope, that Bible hope, leads to faith. And that faith is the substance of those things hoped for. So if you disrupt that pathway in any way, things start to fall apart. You know, if I feel condemned, you know, I have little confidence to stand before God that he would even hear my prayers because it's going to hinder your prayers if you don't have this assurance, this confidence that, that God, yes, I am born of his spirit. I am born again. You know, a, a, John doesn't want those who are freshly born again or even those who are, are a bit mature to, to struggle in this. They, you don't want to give the devil a foothold. You know, have you ever had this, this trouble of, of, am I really saved? Especially if you do something boneheaded, then you, you, you come back. <laughs> do I even know Jesus? <laughs> you have to do that. You know, you, we, what you want to know is, are my sins washed away? Am I born of God? Am I a child of God? You know, here's the key. It, it, the important thing is, what do you base your assurance on? Because our assurance, our judgment of these thoughts must be based on Scripture. Yeah. You can't just run with your emotions and think, oh, I am not. Or, oh, of course I am. You know, you're, anybody wake up in a great mood today? Yeah. Anybody wake up in a bad mood yesterday? Yeah, come on now. It changes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have days where we, we feel like failures because we mess up. And it seems like I've had days like everything I'm doing, I'm just messing up one thing after the other. But in order to judge properly, we have to go back to Scripture. And this is what First John is helping us with. And it's important. Yeah. It's important that our confidence, our assurance is based on understanding the gospel. Yeah. It's important yeah. for us to. And I mean, take a look at Romans 10, 9. This is like a fundamental scripture on how a person gives their life to Christ. Romans 10. How do you get born again? Yeah. yeah. To be born again. You know, because our, our feelings will want to tell us Whatever, God le left us and it's yeah. no, no use in you know, pressing on. But our faith 
And confidence in our relationship that it's secure is based on scripture. So like a scripture like this, because if you confess, it says with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. What does it say? Yeah. You will be saved. Did you, do you believe in your heart the gospel message is that what that is saying? Mm-hmm. Believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead for the justification of my sin. Yes. Then you'll be saved. It says, for with the heart one believes and is justified, or some, some translations say is made righteous, mm-hmm. and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. So this is why, you know, at the end of our services often we'll say, Do you, would you like to give your life to Christ? Raise your hand. You, there has to be a response to this. Yeah. And even to just open your mouth and say, Jesus, you know, come into my life. This is what this scripture is talking about. And when that happens at that moment, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell and live on the inside of you. Yes. This is what scripture says. He makes you a new creation on the inside. And he basically, his work in us is to conform us into the image of Christ. That's the purpose of our life uh-huh. at that point. And then as we abide in Christ, as we get rooted in him, how does that happen? Well, yeah. we begin to read the word of God. We begin to fellowship with other people. We are supposed to join a local church and fellowship with other people and even have a pastor in our life. This is the walk we're called to, have a community of believers around us as we hear the word. And then as we begin to take a step to obey and follow, it's just like what Heidi was saying during one of those moments where she felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to her, showing her some things. That's how he teaches us. That's how we know he dwells on the inside of us. We're led by the Spirit of God. Then it's our choice. Will I follow that or will I resist it? And I thank God for your testimony, yes. Heidi. That was like, awesome. That's awesome. And then the same thing with Riley, putting this in a, the alabaster jar and giving it to Christ, you know, giving it to him, these things that will hold us back from, mm-hmm. from following him. And then slowly as we do that, it's like planting seeds inside of your heart as you obey, these seeds start to grow. And then there's this tree, like the tree of life, if you will, on the inside of us. And it begins to show evidence then. There's some evidence outwardly that begins to show in my priorities, the way I talk. Again, I I use Heidi's uh, testimony as an example. I shouldn't talk that way. I need to be different. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to help me. That's all evidence that the Holy Spirit's dwelling in her. Yeah. This is so important that we understand eventually we should all slowly have fruit in our life. Come on. It's not enough to say, I said that prayer 20 years ago. <laughs> well, then, this, this is what these chapters are talking about in 1 John. This is why I love this book. It's only five chapters. But it's, he spells out plainly, very clearly, what a true believer's life the signs of it are. What are the signs? Because saying I'm a Christian these days can mean a whole lot of different stuff and look a whole lot depending on who's saying I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'll and, go back to the same thing. We can't make up our own standard. Yeah. We can't. Uh, you could hear some, and I've heard this. this is, I've had this supernatural experience. You know, it was incredibly spiritual. So I feel like I met God, and so I must be a Christian. No. Or I've grown up in church. My parents were a Christian, so I guess I am a Christian. You know? I don't really do bad things, you know? According to whose standard? I'm a good person. According to my standard, I'm really a good person. So I must be a Christian, you know? It's, it's, I can recite the Lord's Prayer. So I, I must be a Christian. Cr- <laughs> Better than those guys in Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you know, know, I, I've read a little bit of the Bible, so I, I must be a Christian, you know. I've heard this too. It's like I was born in America. America's a Christian nation, so I, yeah. I guess I am well, a Christian. Yeah. I've heard that's that. Not true no, and again, I was, you hear this, I was bought water baptized as a baby, so I am a Christian. Or, you know, we're talking about having evidence. John is talking about, through the Holy Spirit, is talking to us about having evidence that you are a Christian. 
you know, there are leaders in this country that uh, promote abortion, gay marriage, LGBT rights, LGBTQ rights. You know, and I'm definitely a Christian. I, I'm, you know, I'm not kicking Catholics, but they said, I'm a Catholic. And so, but yet you create laws that destroy the standards of the Bible. I will tell you, just like John would tell you, you're a liar. And the truth is not in you. Yeah. You, you, you don't know Jesus. Right. You yeah. don't know the standard. We have to have the standard. John himself, when I think it was in chapter 1, he says, you know, if you say you have fellowship with him, but walk in darkness, he says, you are a liar. And so this is important. We want to follow the standard of the word. I'd, there are going to be many people that stand before Jesus after they've passed and expect to go right into heaven. And he's going to open books. And he's going to then open the book of life. And he's going to tell a lot of people, your name's not in here. Your name is not in here. And you know, when you start making up your own standard, it's called idol worship. It's not like you're worshiping a statue. is you're making up your own God. Yeah. That's called idol worship. Yeah. You need to understand what the Bible says. Yeah. That's why we... If you come to this church very much, you're going to know we're saying, read this book. Yeah. Read this book. Amen. Read this book. Read yeah. this book. And there's sometimes, we're, and this is why we have it up on the, the screen all the time. We want you to know and find your way around the book. We want you to know the book. Because this is Jesus. The one we say we are following, we should know what he says. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, I mean, would you look around at the church overall, like the modern day evangelical, which is the word that, that means somebody who wants to share their faith. They feel like, you know, I need to help right. people understand the gospel and evangelical, but they've developed this mindset uh, that it's not, which is not Christianity by any right. biblical sense of the word where there's this vague belief in Jesus. I know in Jesus, I know of him, but there's no following of him. Right. That's not biblical. We need to understand this as a church. And I know some of these things can step on our toes. It's like, ah, but wouldn't you rather know now oh, than later? Gosh. Because we are all going to stand before Christ. I mean, if we believe what this Bible says, we will have to give an account of our life. And so we feel like, well, then we need to be helping people understand that, that the most important day of our life is yet ahead of us. Amen. That's, that's the meeting a, that's with important. him. That's and so we cannot, you know, people that, if you have no desire for these things, then you have to go, I have to have some evidence of my faith. I cannot just do everything my way, live in a sinful lifestyle and say, well, I said that prayer so, you know, somewhere way back. Uh, our lives are supposed to sh slowly but surely manifest evidence of who we say we're following. Absolutely. And that's really what John says over and over in this little epistle. That we put this up on the screen. There are three evidences of, that he brings out in this book. Believing. He said, I I'm saying these things so that you believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, the Savior of the world. So it starts with believing yeah. in who Jesus is, that he is the Savior of the world. Then it's about loving. He says this over and over in these five chapters. It's about having love for the Father and not love for the world, and then loving one another. It's, in other words, my love for God translates into love for people because yes. God so loved the world, this is why he came. And so we cannot say, I love God, but eh, his people, eh. You know, we sometimes feel like that. But we can't linger in that. We have to keep pressing on to love the Father and loving one another. And then he also says it's about obeying. Come on. And this is a big word which people don't really like to hear. Obedience. Because he said in anyone, who, anyone who keeps his commandments remains in him. Keeping means obedience. And he's, he mentions this all throughout these five chapters. Right. It's, so he's writing, these are the three evidences that we that bring out a true salvation, uh, believing or having faith in Christ, that he's the savior of the world, that he's, he is my personal savior. Loving, loving God, first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, and all your might. That caused, you know, and then Jesus said the second one is like it. 
love your neighbor as yourself. Love people. You know, people rub you the wrong way. Guess what? It's an opportunity for you to exercise your love walk. Instead of just bad-mouthing them, it's an opportunity. Lord, teach me how to love this person. Yeah. Teach me how to love this person. Even though you might have been mean to this person, you know, you, you start recognizing, ah, I need work in this area, Lord. I'm asking you to teach me how to love this person. That's what we have to do. Did anybody arrive here yet? No, none of us have arrived. And then what does it say? The, next third, the third thing is to obey him, obey his commandments. Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 15. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You can't keep his commandments if you don't know them. It's not a hit and miss. Mm -hmm. Well, I thought, Lord, you know, Lord is merciful, but he's got standards. He says, keep these standards. And that's what we've got to do. You know, the reason we're doing this is so that, and going through John, first John is so that we judge ourselves. Yeah. We're not pointing the finger at anybody else. We want you to judge yourself. Am I a true believer? Have I been walking something that I've made up in my mind the whole time? We want you to evaluate your own self. These things in our life should be manifesting more and more. If you're the same that you were like a year ago in your walk with Christ, something's amiss. Something's amiss. He wants you to, these things should become more consistent in our lifestyle. And, and the reason they do happen is because you've been born of his spirit. And it's out of your heart that you're doing these things. This is your new nature to do these things. It isn't I'm doing these things so I get saved. We're saved by faith through grace. And because we're saved, it's a natural thing for us to start to walk in this love. Yeah. It's a natural thing for us to want to know who he is. Yeah. We're to renew our mind according to the word of God. Because this world wants you to renew their, your mind according to their standards. You know, Pastor Mamie had a, uh, she showed me this report card. Oh, yeah, I was digging through my uh, dresser drawer and found an old report card that they used to give. I don't know what they do for kids now in school, but this was, you know, one of these open, it, it, what'd you say, Pastor <laughs> They don't even give report cards. Who knows? I don't, but this, I couldn't get over what they wrote on the front of it. It was like, you know, this, uh, these things are an evaluation. And on the inside, I mean, it said, shows leadership skills, pays attention, doesn't interrupt, you know, is nice, nice to people, understands how to control themselves. Things that I thought, these are really good qualities. Yeah. And on the front, it said, you know, this yeah, is this an is evaluation. Good. Then we want you to read these things. And we know that sometimes a teacher has a different opinion than the parent, but we want to work with you to help your child become the healthiest and happiest and best American citizen they could be. And I thought, I almost dropped it on the floor. It was like... Yeah. It's pretty that, amazing. That was amazing to me. I thought, that's what we were taught? This, is what, this was the approach in school? <laughs> yeah. Things have changed. And so totally. you're saying that, that the world wants to impart its desires upon you, its values upon you. It's, oh, how we need to get into the Word of God and read this. Yes. It yes. will open your eyes. You will walk around, I promise you, if you begin to read New Testament, begin in the New Testament, and ask the Holy Spirit to teach there. you. That's the big thing. Every day you're going to walk around, and he's going to show you some things. You're going to enter into a conversation and walk away going, you're going to have some discernment about just things in the world and people's mm -hmm. mindsets, how you can help them, what's right, what's wrong. We cannot be, as the church, just silent and passive. Right. Not when we've been given so great a salvation. So we pray like this, this, this the book of 1 John can, I feel like it can step on our toes because he keeps saying, are you a true believer? This is a, you need to have evidence of your salvation and judge yourself on this. Like Paul when Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, yeah. I mean, some of us who've read through the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul told that Corinthian church something, the same thing about when you've come out of the world, 
like your life needs to start looking like a follower of Christ. It doesn't yeah. necessarily happen overnight. But like the Corinthian church struggled with the culture of their day, right. which was unashamedly sinful and immoral. I mean, there were thousands of temple prostitutes and, you know, they worshiped the goddess Aphrodite. And so the attitude in the culture was just immorality is okay. Don't get, right. so what? That's the culture. There was no condemnation. And so it was just considered a normal part of life. And I, th- I think the same, that what happened to them was that same loose attitude was bumping into the church. Mm-hmm. People were coming into the church going, what's all this strict stuff about no sexual immorality? And most members of the church were Gentiles. They didn't understand even the Hebrew or Jewish way of life, which did have like the Ten Commandments in it. Mm-hmm. And so they found it difficult to understand, you know, that what they thought was just a virtue and living okay in immorality was now called a sin. Right. So when they heard through the gospel, you've been freed from your sin, you're free in Christ, you know, they interpreted it to mean I'm free to, to, I'm in Christ, he loves me, but I'm still free to live the way I want to live. Right. Like in the old lifestyle, it didn't matter to God. It's like, it's like they would have said to Paul, hey, Paul, like you wrote Romans 10, 9 and 10, I confess Jesus as my Lord. So what's up? Isn't that good enough? Mm. So Paul had to correct them. Like he came in and correct them. I mean, the one guy was having sex with his mother. Yeah, his father's wife. And the church was like, nobody was saying anything apparently about it. They were like, well, what? So what? I mean, it's, it's one thing that we are all going to commit sin. We're not going to give our life to Christ and just walk this thing out perfectly. None of us have. None mm-hmm. of us will. <clears throat> It's one thing to commit, a, commit sin and feel convicted, which we must, and ask God to help us to change. Yes. You know, 1 John 1, 9, same thing in this epistle. He says, you know, like if, you, if you sin, confess it. He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But it's a whole other thing to God and what's written in the scripture to practice sin as a lifestyle yes. and still call yourself a Christian. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. This is important. It says, don't you realize that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? This is so important. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or who commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves, the greedy, greedy people or drunkards and are abusive or cheat people. What does it say? Read the last part. None of them will inherit the kingdom of God. So and look at verse 11 here. Some of you were once like that. This is the hope now. Yes. Paul said some of you were like that. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Yeah. Paul's exhorting them to die to their old self. And live as a new creation. And that's because you have God's spirit within you. God will give us the grace to walk this out. He will give us insight and wisdom. And he will actually put some desires in our heart to walk as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Yeah. I mean, this is huge. We, we, we have, the Bible says in Romans that we have been freed from the power of sin. Sin has a power. We all know it because we all lived in it. Right. See, Paul is actually helping them to understand their new identity as yes. a new creation. You were cleansed, he says. This is partly what happens when you begin to read the word of God. The Holy Spirit begins to awaken your spirit yes. to who you really are in Christ. It's a supernatural kind of living. It's not like you walk around, I see angels every day. I don't mean supernatural like that, but I do right. mean that when you read the word of God, you're fellowshipping with God, the Holy Spirit. And he he's wants to, us to realize you are cleansed. And he'll give us the power by his grace, like Pastor Steve was saying, to walk it out. That's a great hope. Amen. We don't have to keep falling back and living that old lifestyle. In fact, we should, we should tell God, I'm saying goodbye to it. And maybe you don't even feel like you have power to walk free, but it's by faith that we believe. You say, I'm cleansed. Give me your grace, Lord, to do this. And God will do it. It's just like what the girls did here. They broke up into singles and said, Lord, what do I need to give up? I'm putting it in that yeah, exactly. alabaster jar. That's exactly right. I'm putting right. it in here, Lord. Yeah. I'm giving it over to you. Yeah. And there's the I, power. I, I need your right. help to do it. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, that's having a, that relationship with him. And said, Lord, I'm a mess. I need some help. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy to do because we're all messes. Yeah. I mean, it's true. And we don't come to Christ all cleaned up. I mean, we come oh. as a mess. We come right out of the world, and we shouldn't expect somebody who just got saved to know what they should be doing. Right. I mean, really. It's called mercy. It's called making a disciple. Yes. It's having patience and kindness. It's loving them with that agape love, meaning I'm loving you for your benefit. Yeah. You're taking up my time. You, You know what I mean? We love my free time. But you know what? I'll sacrifice my free time to help you understand how to live and know God. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what this church is about. Yeah. Know God. Find his purpose for our lives and experience true life. Yeah. True life. Yeah. You know what? We're going to kind of... We're going to go right to communion yeah, we, here. We had a plan for communion, so we're not too far off here. <laughs> I was as Quickly. fast as I could ever do we're gonna... Because we want to end this, this message. I think it's a good time, uh, as Scripture says, you know, when we take communion. And communion is for people who have confessed Jesus as their Lord. So if you feel like you're not sure about just, that, yeah. of course, you could... You could do that in your seat. You could just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I, I desire you. But, and come forward to the communion table. Yes, there's a warning in Scripture about taking the, uh, communion unworthily. It's, it's a stern warning. If you take it unworthily, the Bible declares that you're guilty of the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, I think often, I I grew up Catholic, we took communion every time we went to church. And sometimes it can become so routine, you just kind of do this, you go through the motions Uh and you hear what's getting said, but you're not really thinking about it. And then when you open up the Bible, and and Paul writes to the Corinthian church, he said, I'm going to read this as we pass out the elements, or we could be, yeah. No, we're not passing them out. You get to come through the center aisle and come down and, and pick up. So go ahead and read it, and then we'll come through. We'll explain. If you're going to take communion, just come on and stand up and take the elements, and I'm sorry for the confusion. Yeah, come down the center aisle, and then come and walk back the side aisles. There's some on each side, so you can just, you can take it from the table that on the side you're in. Yes. Just go this way, yeah. Praise God. worship you Jesus we thank you for this holy time Lord yes thank you Lord we don't come before the table of communion and do this in a way that is just casual we recognize Jesus your body and blood that were broken and shed for us and we thank you that we're children of God yes we thank you Lord that we could come to the table together and partake of the body of Christ together so as we do this Lord as we just come forward and we put these elements in our hand we do want to examine our heart because scripture says this is the way we are to partake of communion it says this is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup so let's just take the elements and take a moment to do that talked about a lot of things shortly just briefly in this message but basically it's about is there evidence of real salvation in my life am I a true believer you know do I have a love for God and a love for the body of Christ a love that's willing to go the extra mile to give up my life not to just be focused on my own life who do I need to forgive yes forgiveness is and unforgiveness is just so difficult for us often. And so I want you to ask the Lord, search my heart. Does my life reflect obedience to you? And if not, ask him to forgive you. This is the beauty of our covenant with God. That if we sin, we can confess our sin to him. And it says he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So let's just pause for a moment. Because sin will make us feel guilty. We will want to resist the communion table. 
But if you say, Father, I believe in your salvation. I believe that you live in me, Holy Spirit. And you could tell them, I'm struggling with this sin. Yeah, yeah. I, I, hopefully you'd say, I hate this sin. It's not who I am in you. It's not who you made me to be. Help me, Father, forgive me. Help me to walk free. Give me grace, Lord. Give me grace, Lord. I'm coming to you. I'm turning to you. Listen, I'm telling you, God's blood is powerful. If your heart is sincere, even if you're struggling with sin, God's power will flow through you to help you walk yes. free if you do this by faith. And so let's take the bread and acknowledge that Jesus' body was broken for us so that we can find healing, mental, physical, emotional. Thank you, Jesus, for our salvation and healing in you. And in a sense, that represents a natural, your natural life that Jesus himself comes to help you live a natural life out. And then you take the cup, which is the blood. Yes. The blood is powerful. And the blood, even Abel's blood spoke after it was spilled on the ground. And this is the spiritual life that God wants you to live out in the fullness because it is abundant life through him yes and what we need to do is know it yes and as we know it we walk free from our past and those things that hold us down it's the blood that brings forgiveness and cleanses us from all unrighteousness thank you lord go ahead and partake good Lord hallelujah we want to offer to anybody here that's not a Christian you you recognize some of the things that maybe you were under a false assumption that you were a Christian now today you you recognize wow I didn't know all that we can get it right here today step into that Romans chapter 9 9 and 10 simply by surrendering your life to Christ speaking out about yes I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God I believe that he died for my sins the punishment that was upon me and hung on me because the Bible says that we're under the wrath of God if you're not a Christian you're under the wrath of God God so loving he made a way how you can escape all that wrath and it's through Jesus Christ you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father is there anybody in here who would like to do that who's never done that or maybe someone online who's listening Yeah. it's a simple prayer of confession from your heart so let's just say that prayer in case there is somebody online that wants to receive salvation. Jesus, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Come and live in my heart. Come and live in my heart. I give you my life. I give you my life. From this day forward. From this day forward. Lead me. Lead me. Help me. Help me. To know you. To know you. And glorify you. And glorify you. In your name I pray. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 And amen. amen. Right. Hallelujah.